Why he fighting fighting this? Why? What? 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 What is his goal? Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Yo, welcome back to another episode of the Immigrant Section. As always, thank you for tuning in. It's your boy Boss Wahab saying. Thank you uh, to everyone who came out of Montreal for the Force Diversity Comedy Show. Thanks a lot. That shit was a banger. Uh, I can't wait to go back out to Montreal in a couple months. I'm going to give it a while. That city's just, it's too hard not to get ticketed in that fucking city. What the hell is Lundy? What the hell is Mekardy? Fuck those weekdays. And enough of that. With me today in the studio, first time in the immigrant section, hilarious comedian, been doing comedy with him for years here in Toronto, my guy, Andrew Aporto. Welcome, yeah, welcome. I'm an immigrant. Are you? I thought you were. I thought you I'm were. Not, I know. I, I, know. I know you're of that descent, though, for sure. You got some fucking Latin shit. I know you're booking. I knew you were of something when I kept seeing you in the audition rooms, too. I'm like, this guy is racially ambiguous and he's yeah. killing it. He's cleaning up. Hispanic? Could I be? I don't know. Am I Egyptian? Am I Iranian? No one knows, man. What are you, though? You're like, we'll find out later. <laughs> My dad's from Argentina. Yeah? Yeah. And your mom's like Canadian? My mom's Irish, English. Gotcha. So they both immigrated here, met in Toronto. Yeah. Fuck and yeah. That's dude. me, man. Did you ever go to Argentina? I have. Okay, we'll get into that. We'll yeah, get yeah, into yeah, that. Yeah, but sure. welcome, welcome. What were you? You man. said, I'm going to say something uh, when we go live. <laughs> Is that how I sound, too? <laughs> no, it's not. I just, we're trying to have fun. How long have you been doing comedy for? Uh,. This is in December. I'm switching to the seven year mark. Six, seven years. Now. That's a that's good, man. Yeah. Like, cause you were this guy who kind of showed up out of nowhere. Seemingly, yeah. Obviously, to, to to everyone from the outside, I knew exactly where I was. You know what I mean? I was just driving up, but yeah, kind of, I guess. No, but even when I saw you four years ago. Yeah. And you were funny right away. And I'm not gonna just because this is your podcast, yeah. just come in here and. You weren't saying that at all when you came in. You I know? was angry. He's like, "You're not funny. You're not funny." You don't Thanks for having it. me, though. You're not funny. <laughs> Jesus. But you know what the thing is with you is that what I noticed right away is that you're funny, but you navigate the politics really well. Because comedy is 1% telling jokes, 99% navigating politics, PR, the bull crap of it all. I agree with that. I don't know if I agree with the fraction. I think it's probably like, you know, 40% comedy, 50% comedy, but still a huge portion of it is that other thing for sure. I mean, I wasn't always good at it. I was just like, I'll be funny and everything will work out for you for a couple of years at the beginning. And then nothing happened. It's like, I'm still at these open mics. I still but can't get invited to a book quick, show. But you came pretty quick, man. You, you did, you're I mean, I started in 2016 in the States and it took me forever. Yeah. to. I came out to Toronto at the ending of 2017 and moved to Toronto in 2018. So it's at that point, I'm like in the scene kind of like for a year and I'm still just doing like I'm doing like book shows here and there but like you know you're doing comedy almost every night you'd want to evolve faster but there's no shortcuts you know no I, it took me five years before i was sort of funny yeah i mean i don't know bro i mean were you like class clown and all that shit growing up or you came from like a different trajectory i think i was i don't know i think i like to have fun with my friends i think and you might relate to that you're from sudan from sudan but you were born here born in sudan Born in Sudan, and yeah. then you grew up in like a small town, right? London, Ontario. Right. So I think that's what kind of breeds humor. So my dad's Argentinian, and then you're growing up with Canadians, and you're like, something's not right. Exactly. You see, the thing is about you, you got like, you're almost white. Yeah. But you're not. Something, that when I look at you, I'm like, he's almost white, but he's just not. 
There's something fucking off, you know? But then I would play, I played for Academy Argentina, the soccer team. Did you actually? Yeah, I was pretty good. And then these guys were like, this guy's a gringo piece of yeah, 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 They exactly. hated me. His mom's fucking Irish, bro. Yeah, we can get this guy. <laughs> I wasn't accepted by the RGs. But the thing is, my dad, so Argentinians are angry people. Yeah. That's just how it was. So growing up, it would be like road rage. This guy would, my dad would always try to get out of his car, like fucking undoing his seatbelt. My mom would be like, no, don't get out of the car. I'll fucking kill this guy. I'll fucking. And I'm in the Did back. Did dad full accent? Yeah. And I'm, I'm in the back just eating a lollipop. Like something's not right here. <laughs> yeah. And then your brain starts turning in this. No, but then, but then you ask another guy named like Dylan, whose dad has anger management and he's Canadian as fuck. It's like, it's an anger problem, Andrew. Yes, dad, dads are just angry. And they're just angry. They're just, you know, they had a plan and now you're in the backseat fucking sucking on a lollipop that he had to pull over to pull. Oh, lollipop. Fuck. Okay. Fuck. You know what I mean? But then like, I, I remember too, when I, there was, we were growing up and there was raccoons destroying the garbage. Okay. <laughs> and my dad, I came home one time, my dad was breaking up glass and making hamburger patties. And I was just kind of like, what are you? I was like five Actually, yeah. that's Sebastian Maniscalco has like a bit about that. Does he? Yeah. Not that, not that approach. Okay. But putting fucking antifreeze on bologna and leaving it out trying to kill raccoons. So he did that, but then my... my my neighbor, like the raccoons were gone. Yeah. But my neighbor who was Canadian was feeding the raccoons because that's the different yeah, yeah, vibe. Yeah, yeah. Like it's it's valuable life. And it's... my dad, it was like, don't worry, I killed them. Don't worry. And she was like, what? They're horrified. The... And my dad goes, we used to do that with the stray cats. What's wrong? <laughs> like that was a normal. I was feeding Meow Meow. I haven't seen him in a while. And he killed them all. That's so funny. And but he's just like, the, in his head, he's like, I'm the fucking guy in the neighborhood. Everyone, he's up. going knocking around. Mr. Clark, just so you know, I kill every vermin. Every, they are all dead. That's Where's our a, dog? <laughs> dead too. Yeah, dead also. He that dead. was a mistake. Collateral damage. Am I doing a good accent? Yeah, it's whatever. <laughs> it's I'm not right. even doing a good accent. Yeah. <laughs> I exaggerate. If you try to nail your dad accent right now, and he say, Andrew, are you coming home for dinner this week? I don't know. That's what do you say? He'd be like, what are you doing, man? Are you busy on Monday? Let's go for dinner. He'd say something. Oh, like yeah? That. yeah? What's the matter with you? He's always confused. Why are you doing? What are you doing? Why are you calling me? I'm like, it's your birthday. He's like, what? <laughs> yeah. What? The Wi-Fi is down. I got, he always has to go. He's like, I got to go. The Wi-Fi is down. He's yeah, yeah. Like, no, it's not. I'm, I'm WhatsApp calling you, dude. Like, he's like, yeah. The printer's broken. I don't know. That's dad's. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just like, I fucking did the job, dude. Like, why are you still calling me? Like, it's your birthday. Oh, fucking... You don't have to call, you know? They don't want to talk. Did you go, so you used to go back like a lot or just like one time? Not a lot. My dad hates Argentina. Oh yeah? I oh. love it. Okay. Why does your dad hate Argentina? Because it's gone really downhill yeah? since like the 50s and 60s and it's so corrupt. Like there was a politician in Argentina in Santa Fe. He tore down a huge steel bridge, sold the scrap metal and then contracted his company to rebuild, rebuild. the bridge. That's... By the way, that shit's happening in Ontario all the time. That's true. But like, there it's blatantly that the people are like, well, good job. They're like, yeah, way yeah. to screw the system. You know, that's how we would kind of, I think Canadians are a bit more, at least- like, You got to hide it. No, no, no. Yeah. The, the corruption can't be out and about, whereas a lot of the world, it can be. It's yeah. Like, hey, they paid the money. I don't care. Yeah. And they, and they, well, good for them. They screwed the system in a way. So I think going back, it's really, you know, there's always inflation. There's always problems. There's crime problems. And so my dad just- He was like, fuck it. Yeah, he goes back. He goes, I'm happy I moved. I think I, I don't fucking like, I don't know. I love. And then I tell him to get in touch with his old friends because I look them up on Facebook. He's like, no, no. He's like, I don't want to gloat because I did well in Argentina and in Canada. In Canada. He's yeah. like, I killed all of their pets. They're <laughs> yeah. not. 
they're I all killed. dead. Yeah, they're all dead. I, <laughs> yeah. They ate the fucking burgers. Dude. Yeah. They're very hungry. Well, how old were you when you went? I, first time I was five or six. Okay, like, and then yeah. what's the time that you? How old were you when you went? Where you got like fully the experience? You know what I mean? I think when I was, uh, I think I went back when I was fifteen. Okay. Fourteen or fifteen, and that's when you went to every single cousin's house. Yeah. And they're making you. What's your first impression of of Argentina? It was just um, the people are very in your. They're like the Italians, and they're very Mediterranean. Of South America in your face, and they're like, "What? You're skinny! Oh my god!" And they eat food, and they're very kind of. They, some of them can't speak English. And For sure. My Spanish is horrible, so. Yeah. But uh, it's just the people are, are, are definitely more passionate, emotional. That was it. They're yelling. Fighting on the street was a big, you just see that yeah. randomly. And you're like, are they fighting or are they just talking this normally? This is just the best friends ever. <laughs> yeah. Argentina. So, I've never yeah. been, man. Like that's Is Argentina where all the Nazis went? Yes. Yeah. And where all the Jews went. Jews too. The biggest, I think it's one of the biggest Jewish populations. They were just letting outside. in everybody at that yeah. time. And then you live next door to a Nazi and you're a Jew. And you're like, hey, wait a second. You're the... But you know, ah, you know what I mean? The, ah, man, the Führer's not here, man. I didn't even like the Führer, bro. That's so wild, though. Yeah, yeah they all went there. I remember that that first fucking scene of, um, what was it, like Casino Real or some shit. One of those, like, he he's in Argentina, and he's at a bar, and the, like he's, like, talking with some ex-Nazi German guys who are, like, owning a farm now or some shit. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, like, you know, when that shit went south, as a Nazi, you gotta get fucking far away. Like, oh, no, I was in finance before. Yeah, I don't know what that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. what? Yeah, exactly. Just like controlled genocide. I, no, no, I was in finance. I was accountant. I fertilize. I don't <laughs> yeah. fertilize business. I don't know what. <laughs> yeah, they're just fucking like they don't. They're owning a farm. Don't know what the fuck they're doing. They're just like trying to figure. This, just like <laughs> milk cows. Like they're like. Dude, that's a bull, you fucking idiot. That's his cock, you dumb fuck. Oh, shit. I don't know. I, don't I, I, was, I had this farm. Cows are different here in Argentina than, than in, in, in Germany. <laughs> I killed no one. But just going anywhere would be a crazy trip. Imagine just people coming here like your parents, right? And just showing up and you're kind of just like, well, I guess we'll make this work. Yeah, yeah. It's You, know? you, you can't even think about it for your parents because for you it was weird. But then kids have a... The school system allows you to like acclimate and like, you know what I mean? Like everyone behave, being here, we're all gonna learn, then you're all gonna go play, right? Whereas when you're an adult, they're like, go to the workforce. Right. Did you have friends in uh, growing up in London? Do you have a lot of friends? Do you have a problem? Yeah, 100%. But like, I wasn't like, I wasn't like the most popular guy or whatever the fuck, you know what I mean? I was just like, I was like trying to be funny, you know, so I just wouldn't be different. Cause I had like an accent and I like, I lost the accent pretty quick, but like, you know, I clearly was from another country and shit. And when you're a kid, that is not cool, you know? Being an individual is only cool when you're older, you know? Yes. Like, just yesterday, I was talking with my buddy, and we ran to some guy named Joseph, and he goes by Jose. Okay. He goes by Jose. So, I'm like, bro, that's a reminder how hard this life is. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're, we're clinging to any fucking individuality possible. It's not Joe or Joseph. It's Jose. It's Jose, it's like, yeah. It's a tough life, bro. Yeah. It's a tough life. People are trying to. We're trying, bro. We're just trying to. But when you're young, you don't want to. You're not going to be like speaking like Spanish in in front of your uh, like the Canadian friends. You, 
I didn't want to speak Arabic in front of my fucking Canadian friends at all. Right. I'm like, then they'll know I'm different. And then if I'm different, I'll okay, it's going to be bad if they find out I'm different. Like, and you're, no one actually told you this, but somehow with survival tactics, you think if I'm as, as much like them as possible, it'll be the best for me. Absolutely. Right? I remember my, yeah, my dad would be doing something, fighting someone outside the house or... And I remember being little and just being like, can we just be normal? I remember saying that. My mom like burst out laughing. She's like, no, no, we can't. Yeah, yeah, no, no. I, I chose this way. I chose this way. But you want this is what I get. You want to just fit in, right? That's yeah. like even now we have, I think, maybe it, 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 it continues on as you get older too, for me at least, where it's even in the comedy scene, you want to fit in and you have this childlike perception of things where you're just like i want to be friends with this group and this group and be accepted and then as you get through the comedy you know i'm 10 years in now you start to not give a crap as much because you realize people might not like you for other reasons yeah, you don't yeah, even exactly. know about it's it's not in, in your control by any means they're putting your their past on you somehow and, and you have no control of it or something or something you know what i mean a lot of the times and i feel this in toronto specifically and i've moved i started in the detroit comedy scene because i used to be an engineer in the states for three years wow. i just started decided in the detroit comedy scene it was my first couple open mics then i moved to san francisco silicon valley to do like that thing and then there's when i went like every day that's when i learned like oh open mics you gotta grind blah 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 but Detroit never got accepted. San Francisco only got accepted right as I was leaving. The last couple of months, I got my first book shows and got like, finally, I can in front of an audience because otherwise, you know. And then I moved to Toronto and the same bullshit happened, right? So I moved back to London, Ontario, and I would drive to Toronto like two, three times a week, do all the open mics and drive back. And I did that for like six months. Then my I had enough hours with my job to get EI, so I quit the job, moved to Toronto. Oh, wow. and then it took a little while to be like people are like, oh, you're so you're here now type of thing, and it takes a while for people to fucking accept that you know because there's so much flux in the scene. People come, people go. That no one, especially for a new face, no one wants to learn who you are until like you ever notice that you could see someone in the comedy scene for like years and then you see them crush one time and it's as if you've seen them for the first time you're like what's your name you go up to like what's your name again you know what i mean like you just finally saw them yes it's so true and that's but that's what i noticed about you is that you actually always did well i remember seeing you in front of an audience and you did well so that's i think that helps it makes you. it more memorable yeah, yeah. i mean you're, you're, if you're funny you're funny like yeah. i was in houston recently and they're very cliquey but i did very well because i was coming in at least with eight years at the time yeah and so they're just, okay, want to do my show. They're just looking for comics and there wasn't enough in the city, right? There's so much of that in the States when I go. Like every oh, yeah. city I go in the States, like I just like the States in general. But if I go to Nashville or New Orleans or whatever, it's always somewhat easy to find stage time. I went to Nashville during Christmas break, so everything was kind of shut, so I couldn't really get up. But like everywhere else, it's like, yo, I'm coming from out of town. Uh, do this thing. People are so much more willing to put you up. If it's in New York or LA, it's impossible. Like you gotta know, LA is especially tough because there's so many hungry motherfuckers there trying to get guest spots that can't, mm. that when you go there, like my buddy's like, oh, I'll get you on. And then I show up to LA. He goes, look, bro, it's fucking hard to get out of town. It's like you gotta be a made guy to get spots here. Yeah, because they're all actors and they're all, well known. There's so much desperation of like people who move from Seattle, Wyoming, whatever the fuck that are like trying, they're seven year guys from their markets coming trying to get guest spots and they live there they can't mm -hmm. i'm not gonna get it if i show up for two days like okay give me the spots you're not getting shit new york same thing where it's like the cream of the crop rise and everyone else is just kind of doing the mics but all these smaller markets 
Seattle, New Orleans, fucking Austin. Austin is kind of getting big now. But all these places, man, they're just like, you're like, you're a made guy? Let's see your tape. Okay, do guest spot on my thing. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. our comics are, I feel better. We're way Americans. better, bro. Well, dude, every, in LA, apparently, someone told me a while ago, Canadians have a rep in LA, Canadian really? comics. Like, because we're disproportionately stronger in the sense, because it takes us a while to get good before we can get the merit level to get the visas and shit go down there. So we, we come in honed from that point of view. And we're the underdogs, right? We're Canadians. So we, we always have that kind of like chip on our shoulder because America's like, we're number one and here's some funny stuff. Canada's like, we're trying to go down there. We'd love to, you know what I mean? That underdog thing helps your comedy, I think. I also think that our crowds are harder than America. So we are, in Toronto, we get more sensitive with topic matters. So it has to be really funny to hit. Whereas, like, if you're in Houston, I found that you could be like, you know, uh, sometimes my my dick hurts, and they're like, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly, right? It's, so, it's San Francisco is the same thing. Okay, where you feel like you're fuck. I don't know if you ever watched Dragon Ball Z growing up, no. but like that one guy Piccolo, the guy with the 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 Punjabi guy with the white thing on top, this yeah, the Punjabi, man, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They didn't want to go with brown, so they went with green. Just so, <laughs> it's not racist. He's green. He's not brown. Big ears though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but his whole thing was. I'll train with a bunch of weighted clothing and then I'll take them off before the fight and I'm so much faster. Oh, right. And that's how I feel in San Francisco and Toronto the same. There's such fucking lib cuck, so much like sensitivity bullshit mm -hmm. that when you figure it out and then go to London or St. Thomas or small town, small town Ontario, small town Canada is just like America. Where right. People are, Canada, especially cities, has this thing where it's like that you constantly feel that they're assessing what they can laugh at and like there's filters, like, ha, 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 we're laughing at a group, are they here right now? Like, we're doing all this math in our head to be like polite and correct and all that shit. Whereas America, they don't have that. They just laugh if it's funny and they don't laugh if it's not. They're less sensitive. They're less sensitive. But I also find small towns, I've been doing a little bit of small towns, Ontario, and they are getting more sensitive. Because I think the white people are going, we're not racist or we're not this. So if you do, I, I will bring up like say gender stuff, race stuff, indigenous like land acknowledgements. I have a bit about that. And they get very, ooh, let's not talk about that. I, I found that recently. I, you know what it might be is that you, you look 95% white. That's yes. the problem. You gotta yeah. open with the, <laughs> you gotta open with the that five percent. Yeah, true. And then it establishes you as like ethnic, and then when you're ethnic, you can kind of get away with way more, right? Yeah, well, uh, that's why I find in Toronto, if uh, you know, they're so diverse the crowds that I'll almost be a minority in the crowd coming up in a lot of shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah and so you doubt. can talk about race, and they're like, oh, this is it's funny. But it's there, they're all white people looking at a seemingly white person and they're like, hey, that's that's not the one you do, man. Yeah. You you gotta do cottage bits and fucking hating your wife material. Yeah, exactly. Look fucking hating that winners come in that type. That's what you do, my guy. <laughs> yeah. Skiing, you can ski. We love to ski. I I don't want to hear the gender stuff from you. They don't want to be on camera. Imagine someone films them. I think everyone's worried about that being filmed. Yeah. Posted filmed laughing. They... HR gets it. Yeah. Do you crazy. have a job right now? I don't. Yeah? Were you at, working for a minute? I was at a Korean restaurant. Okay, a serving. I can see you as a serving. Server. Yeah, yeah, my buddy owns a restaurant yeah. in Koreatown. Is he Korean? He's if Korean. He's, not, okay. he's white. All it's right. all white people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's yeah. white too. He's 2% like, Korean. This turkey bibimbap. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I'm 2% Samsung. It's right in 23 and me. No, he's, uh, they've had the restaurant for 40 years. Okay. So I know so. him from high school. 
And so when I started working, he was like getting me, and his dad would come in and yell at me, be like, don't hire foreigners, don't, because he thought he was still in Korea. Oh yeah. Seriously. Were you yeah. the only non-Korean there? Only non-Korean they've ever hired in 40 years. Really? Because with the pandemic, they couldn't hire anybody. Oh. And I wanted to work, so I started working there. How was that? Like serving in a fucking Korean restaurant as like uh, whatever you are, you know what I mean? It's amazing. It's a, Koreans work harder than anybody. Yeah. They don't complain. They look at me and they go, oh, Andrew has two jobs. That's so cute. Just two jobs. That's, that's, they're working all the time. We had an 80-year-old Chinese dishwasher who would sit in the back and just scrub pans, not complain there every day. She'd just hand me candy from her pocket and like smile. And just work like crazy. Yeah, and just work like crazy. But Koreans are, are very, they're, they're very nice, very hospitable. Mm. A Korean greeting is, did you eat? Oh, really? Yeah, did you eat? They want to make sure you've eaten because I think it stems from, you know, tougher times. So they're very kind like, of Like, hi, food. did you eat? Hi, did you eat? Did you eat? And so bringing food all the time, bringing stuff all did, the time. Did you learn all the basic, like, hello and type shit? Yeah, yeah. sayo, Yeah. That's like, hello, goodbye. Hello, thank you. Yeah, goodbye. Please tip. Yeah, please. <laughs> tip, please. Yeah, yeah, tip on yeah. me, please. You like, what's that one? Yeah, tangumang, tangumang, which means butthole. And that yeah. Sort of yeah, yeah. When yeah. do you use that one in the dining experience? I call my boss tangumang. Yeah, tangumang. They're like, wow, this, this guaylo no shit, but that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's uh, Mandarin, that's I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, but it's good. It's a, it's a good, it's Toronto, man. Like, uh, diverse and it's, it was a cool experience for me at least to, to do that. Did you always serve? Um, I, I have, I've done every job. Yeah. I, I've served. I was delivery driver for food. I did an Uber. I, uh, done construction. I was in advertising for six years. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause I'm thinking, yeah. I know you've done some corporate thing. That you've got was that it. vibe where I was like, I could see you in an office surviving, not saying like being like, living your best life but i could see you know your posture's good you got a college shirt i can see it you know i don't have mental Stumble. health yeah exactly. noticeable mental yeah exactly health. you seem like you'd be fucking know how to use a fork you could dude you'd kill it in an office i was doing well in the office yeah, yeah. it was advertising was good not because i was particularly smart or organized but yeah. i think because i was just nice to clients and they appreciated that and you got that comment anybody who's like because it comes down to communication skills Actually, I, I forget who, I think Jordan Peterson said this too, which is funny, take, you know, take it with a grain of salt. But uh, he was talking about how like a lot of the richest, wealthy people he knows, they put their children in communications undergrads. Like that's okay. what they push their kids into. Because they're like, if you cannot communicate first and foremost, like this is, they're prepping them for a life impossible. Politics, law, fucking all of the elite things of a society that like we're gonna start you off with communication. Yeah. Which is, I'm like, oh shit. I used to always be like, oh, if you'll do doctor because I'm an immigrant. So it's like doctor or engineer, right? Whereas like the rich whites are like, you're, we're gonna, you're gonna do four years of communication and then after that, we'll see what we can do. Like And public speaking and public, We're gonna get you, we're gonna nail your ability to lead the lesser whites and then we'll figure out which niche you're going down, right? Absolutely. And so, playing sports, I think all that stuff helps with well-rounded all that stuff. And I think being in comedy, just having that ability to just deal with clients and shit, you fucking excel in these corporate jobs. That's why a lot of us that left the corporate jobs is not cuz we got fired. It's cuz we just just got fed up with it, you know? Yeah, I was depressed there for sure. Me too. Like you I did that for there, years yeah. I was depressed. And I even I would do comedy at night and I'd hate my job and just be looking forward to my open mic at night and shit like that. But that's a shitty life, man. You know, I mean, for me, some, I was working with people that 
showed up every day obsessed with what they were doing. And I'm like, see, th these jobs aren't objectively shitty. You know what I mean? It's just not for us. Well, I remember even guys in, in their 40s when I was working be like, get out now, bro. <laughs> get, like I broke up with my girlfriend. They were like, good, be single. Don't stay here, you know. That, uh, Did you move from somewhere else to Toronto? I grew, up, grew here. up here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I grew up here, and, and uh, you know, in high school, I went to a private school. Yeah? Yeah, my dad borrowed hundreds of thousands of dollars. Is that how much it costs for fucking high school private school? It costs school? a lot, man. Now it's crazy. Yeah? But back at that time, yeah, it was probably like 12 grand a year. Wait, why, yeah. did, why did they want to put you in private school? Did they just feel, do you have siblings? Yeah, I have a sister. Well, Older, my dad younger? wanted to be white coming here. So he, okay. he, he, his name was Ricardo Julio Oporto. Yeah. He changed his name to Ricardo Harris. Oh, yeah. Came. Okay. Yeah. Then he got a book of English names. Yeah. Got to A and he named me Andrew. Andrew? My sister, Alexandra. Yeah. He lived amongst the whites. Yeah. So he yeah, was yeah. like, I'm not ghettoizing myself, man. I'm he, not fucking. He's like, I saw what happened to Argentina, man. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and also Argentinians have a sort of, they want to be very, they're hierarchical. Like there's, he's Andrew, from a town called Temperley, which is a British name. Yeah, got it. And South America's got that big. It's got a lot of that. And Argentinians among are among the lighter complexion. Yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of that. They're like, we're very close. Yeah, they I think they're be? Europeans and yeah. they're snobby a bit too, right? And angry. And angry. And so yeah, he put me through uh, school, you know. Yeah. And then, and then he's still in debt from that. Till this day. Till this day. That's fucking wild. And huh? I'm not even in. Yeah, you and you're, you're doing fun. jokes at night, dude. Is he's like, he always goes, I spent all this fucking money on this guy. He thinks he's funny. Oh my God. <laughs> well, he's always upset. About it. This debt is not funny, Andrew. It's not funny. <laughs> yeah, so that was that was it, man. And so you, you kind of grew what up. What was like, private school like? Were you like there with all the super well to do kids? That are like we're summering in the Hamptons this year. What about you, Andrew? Well, it was a it was a downtown school. Yeah, yeah, downtown. It was uh, Royal St George's College. It was called. It yeah. was like Bathurst and Bloor, and so and it wasn't. Goddamn, it was Bathurst and Bloor. Bathurst and Bloor. I'm picturing fucking like you're like in Kingston in right. a forty acre, perfectly like the like the green of a fucking golf course fetch and like, me my polo horses. exactly and like Stupid. and and slavery looking mansions you know what i mean the that's colonial. what when i yeah the when i think private school or brick a lot of brick you were yeah. just literally in bloor and bathurst yeah some of the the kids were pretty like upper class but i would say there was a decent mix of scholarships and people who God, weren't it wasn't uh, you weren't among royalty not among royalty there were some very wealthy kids yeah, yeah, and yeah. and my friends uh, my good friends who i'm still friends with yeah. some of them are wealthy but they're pretty down to earth guys and I don't know if you ever watched uh, like Monty Python growing up. Yeah, not that, growing up. I watched it like later in life. Later in life, yeah. but that was their sensibility. They were these kind of um, going you. to rip, these private rip, rip. schools yeah, and yeah. ripping on that hierarchical society. And I think when I remember think of high school, it was a small school. All we did was joke around. Mm. That's all we did all the time. It was a guy's school. We joked around all the time. And there was no drama, really. Did any of the guys diddle each other? When you go all guys school, somebody's want to. Was there like? Was it? It's like prison, right? So there has to be like the prison bitch. There's the one guy's like, "What are you up today, fellas?" <laughs> the one kid just he, wearing a dress. And a yeah, wig. yeah. He came. He didn't Hi, come boys. in like that. He's just trying to survive. <laughs> you got to do crazy things to survive at Royal College or whatever the fuck it's called. No, no, it wasn't any of that weird stuff. No, no. But do you look back at it like, oh, private school is fun, or? Do you wish you went to like public school? 
Uh, it you, was good. All the public school kids you knew were like stab wounds and shit. They're like, man, be happy, Andrew. Man, it's <laughs> fucked up, bro. We just had another shooting. <laughs> there were like bads. Like Central Tech wasn't a great school. It was right near us. And so we'd see them. We'd get robbed by them. And yeah. Like, that was the vibe. And then they were like, don't wear uniforms home so you don't get robbed all uh, the time. You know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. They're like, flip your hat back. <laughs> yeah. We're like, but they so- had all the mass shootings, right? You've never heard of a mass shooting in a private school, right? You know what I mean? At a public or private? At private. I've yeah, never true, heard of a mass true, shooting true. in a private school. True, true. Dante, no, can you Google that? Has there been ever a mass shooting in a private school? Because you this know that next PTA meeting was rough. They're like, what the fuck? 12 grand a year. Yeah. A kid in private school shoot. How many private schools are charged to a shooting? Have there been? Virtually none. I'm no expert on the matter, but looking at school shootings as a whole, the physical security of the school absolutely is a big factor where the school blends, blah, blah, blah. So pretty much no, like none. Yeah, yeah that makes sense, so. bro. You that's kind of what you're paying for, right? You're, you're paying and you're paying to get into university. Yeah, cuz yeah, if you come from that school, you're it. pretty much everyone goes to university. Everyone right? goes to school. Yes, yeah. yeah, so you're guaranteed that. And uh, Did you do like a marketing undergrad? I did. Uh, I went to McGill. I went to I got like an economics degree, like a, 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 an arts degree, economics, history, that sort of thing. How did you like yeah, spending 4 years in Montreal? I just fucking came back from my I've been in Montreal 100. I don't know how I feel about Montreal anymore. I used to be like, "Man, Montreal sick, young drinking age, st- gentlemen's clubs. <laughs> fucking we get tabbouleh at night and smoke hookah." Yeah. Why you have that accent? I don't know. I don't know. It's Lebanese, <laughs> Lebanese and, and right, Lebanese yeah, and yeah. French, you know what I mean? But like We love a shawarma. But now it's like now every time I go up the parking is even more fucking difficult to find like nowhere can you park at during the day it's all like without this thing no parking from 9am to 11pm it's like here this. you can't park anywhere but here it's you can't park at night there it's the opposite you can't park during the day right. at night everybody's good park where you want to park but oh. during the day and during the day is way worse you know at night I'll figure it out but during the days where I need to figure out where to put the fucking car right uh, Montreal's sick. I was in a bubble. You're in an English bubble at McGill, so you live in the near the school, yeah. and you're going to school in English. You're not experiencing it. I think Montrealers hated us because they knew we were the English kids. Like we would wear our Leafs jerseys to the bars and like fight Montreal yeah. people <laughs> in Canadians jerseys. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, going back, I've had a new appreciation for it because I think now people are getting more relaxed about the English French feud in a way that the younger generation doesn't care. And uh, and it's got a lot of cultural stuff. It's a fun vibe. It's more European. It is a fun vibe. Yeah, yeah. way more, way more. But you can't live and work there. It's man, but it's so much more affordable to live there. That's true. Living, I can see living there, but I don't know about the opportunities to work. Like you got to speak French. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you speak would, French? I don't speak French. Neither no. do I. I don't. I know what the fuck Lundi is, bro. I'm fucking at these street signs. Yeah. See, I <laughs> every time I thought I paid attention in goddamn French class growing up, and I hit Montreal, and it always smacks me in the face, like. You don't know shit. It was How a do waste. I not know Lundi? It was a waste. The French classes years, were useless. Years. Because you're learning like window, pen. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah, yeah it should just be cut. And I remember when I had grade nine, I had a fucking teacher that would just speak to us in French. When the gap of what we learned, it's like she's like, if I speak in French all the time, they will have to learn French. And you're like, I just never understood you for the whole semester. <laughs> ever, ever, ever. I just learned how to say, how do I go to the bathroom? Because she went, ah, ah, en français. <laughs> That's good, blah, blah, blah. Est-ce que je peux aller à la toilette? Aller à la toilette, yeah, exactly. The same je ne parle pas français. She's like, you're fucked. Our teacher would be like, uh, close your doors and open your windows. You're like, oh. oh God. 
Now it makes sense why you're divorced. Tell it français. They play that ah, a lot. En français, you're like, uh, je n'ai de je la divorce. <laughs> yeah, it's a weird. It's a weird English French thing. People in from outside, they go, "Do you speak French?" If they're from Europe, you're like, "No, it does not like that." Like, okay, good, good. Yeah. Even in, in, in fucking France, the French are snooty as shit, especially Parisians. Par they're all known for it. Before I went to Paris, they're like, "Watch out for Parisians, man. They're fucking assholes." Were they? I actually had a great experience in Paris. Oh, okay. I wasn't. I was waiting for it. You know, when you're ready for it, I'm ready for them to be like, "I do not care." Like the everyone was nice when the stakes were low, and people were like shitty when the stakes were like. When I'm, we're trying to go somewhere, and we're at the information booth in a subway. Those were the worst for people. And it's oh. like, this is the, you're the one that's supposed to be decent. You're being paid for customer service. And they're like, no, you, the wrong one. And it's like, okay, which is the right one? It's like, literally, we'll like, mm, like look away and like, holy fuck, you suck. Yeah. How do you have this job? It's a, it's a government job. They won't get fired. Yeah, right? exactly. That's the uh. same story everywhere in the world, huh? Yeah, I, absolutely. But they also hate the Quebecers. They yeah, laugh at they're them. of a lesser. They laugh at their accent. And you know, Quebec was given to the English by the French. There was a war. This is like in the 1700s. Really? And then, Isn't that before and then Canada French got discovered, though? No, no. It was, we were, the French came first. French oh, did they? First. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, French, French came first and took Quebec or what? Yeah. yeah. And, and left everything else? No. So oh, that's why New Brunswick, they speak French, right? A little bit, yeah. yeah. So it's like, there's Quebec and then. Oh. Dante knows. So then the. And a statue. Oh, shit. <laughs> they hooked them up. Take they gave statue. they gave fucking New York the Statue of Liberty, right? Yeah. They love giving the gift and statues, huh? Yeah. That's their whole fucking thing. Yeah. And then the Brits took it, and then at one point did Quebec be like, "Oh, is that why Quebec is all like we want to be our own thing?" Yeah, because Cause they got this weird backstory. Oh, but it's funny how the the real French hate them. Yeah. We want to be like they're like you cannot be like us. No, it's like going to fucking England as an Alabama guy and then be like, eh, your your accent is like just it's like fuck off. That's exactly know? what it's like actually. If someone comes from Mississippi and they were, I remember being in England working there and this guy they're like your accent's so weird, man. To, to you? No, to this guy from Mississippi who was like, hey, what's up, man? How yeah. you doing over what's here? What's going man? on out here, man? Uh, yeah. The queen so y'all invented it. So y'all invented the language, huh? God damn, huh? God damn. <laughs> How was England, dude? You've been all over the place. We're slowly unearthing the backstory. Yeah, Alanda. yeah. yeah. I, I lived in London just bartending because I have a, my mom's English, so I have a British passport. Oh, six six six. Lived in London. Lived in uh, in Barcelona. Yeah. Bartending and I was teaching English there, and it was that was I was finding myself. Yeah, that's the white girl's path. Eat, right there. pray, love. Love. <laughs> How was it? Did you prefer England or Barcelona? Barcelona, Barcelona. dude. Yeah. yeah. Barcelona is the beach there. The yeah. weather. The people are. London's gray as fuck and bad teeth. And the British are just more uptight, man. Yeah. They're like the Canadians. They're less accepting. Yeah. Oh yeah. They're like have their groups. You don't get in the mix. You're not. You know. You're not English. You're not English. Sorry, Andrew. You're fun. You're fun. Be it though, you are a blast. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I thought, why is your name not Andrew Harris if your dad switched it? I went back to a portal to oh. be diverse. Oh, yeah, I was going to say to book these fucking commercials. 100%, bro. man. So it was Andrew Harris for years. Andrew Harris for years. God. Still, that's my government name, Andrew God, Harris. Yeah. Yeah. So, but stage name, Andrew Porto. Andrew Porto. And like, when you do commercials, you Andrew. I'm Andrew Porto. There you go, yeah. bro. Yeah. When I'm booking festivals, 
a portal, goddamn, yeah, bro. You yeah. get the Harris far away. When I'm crossing the border, Harris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this yeah. is what it's all about. This is what the immigrant <laughs> section is all about. Yeah, to be to be diverse. I purely, I don't, I don't care because I switched like three years into comedy, so people were like, and "Yo." No, they were like, screw this guy. Oh. A lot of people were like, screw the, you're doing your porno now? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just kind of went with it at the corner too. Like, And then now and it's like years later and they're like, yeah, a porno. Now they're just like, whatever. What okay. People who hated me, hated me for sketches I made from a while ago. And Yeah. I think so, yeah, with stuff with live dudes, like those vegan protests. Everyone who hates me in comedy already hated me because of that stuff. And oh. I think so. But that's me maybe just perception that's completely inaccurate. Mm, I remember live dudes. That was with, what's his name? Cam. Uh, Cam. Cam, yeah, Tyler, man. Is, yeah. is he in? Is he does he do improv now? He's not doing so much. He still shoots some videos, but yeah. he was got a real job. Yeah, okay. And I think the whole I'd making money was attractive to him. Yeah, see, that's the key. You got to make money to make it in this game. You gotta. It's tough. I'm just happy I made money first. Okay. Because I made money first, and I was like, I hate every day. So and the money didn't fix it. Fix it for a year and a half. I was having a blast, vacationing nonstop. Sick car, sick place. And then it's like, oh, okay, after a year and a half, you just, you can't help but shake the fact. Like for a year, I was like, oh, this sucks. But yo, I'm going to Switzerland next week for like 10 days. And then I'm going to like Cancun a month after that. And then I'm going to like, that's why, that's why people vacation so hard, just so you can have that escapism. Because what you're doing most of your time is something you do not care about, you do not like. And then after a year and a half, it was like, uh, even if I had a vacation coming up, I'm like, fuck, I don't want to go in. I don't want to do this call. I don't want to meet these fucking people. Fuck, 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 fuck. Yeah, people say the benefit of starting late is so you gain experience. That's not true. The benefit of starting later on and having a job first is to know what you left and appreciate the fact that you did corporate and you hate it. So now I know I'd never go back, but I think with Cam, I'm speaking for him, what the hell do I know, is that he didn't have the corporate job. So I remember him thinking like, man, maybe I should get a job and that he never had. So I can see a lot of comics who start when they're 20. Some of them just leave and do corporate because they go or they test the waters again because they don't want to be poor. Yes, compared to the grind of basic level or low level comedy, mm -hmm. even like for almost your first 10 years, it's like you can just fucking pivot over to a position except 40 hours a week and maybe a great salary. You know what I mean? If that's what you like, that's what you like. But. I just found it like a fucking prison, like golden handcuffs, all that shit. I just couldn't stand it anymore. Man. You need purpose. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You really do. And you can't get purpose when you work for a company that every two weeks they shift their mandate. And they go, okay, all right, guys. So actually your reason for coming in has changed now. How you spend 40 hours of your life every week. And keep in mind, you spend 40, you should sleeping. So you only got another 40 for yourself, right? Right has totally changed. So this 40, it, 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 we we decide and will drive everything. So don't just do what we say and hopefully we'll end up in a prosperous place and you guys get bonuses, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, and I it's just like, okay. I remember there was a merger at my company. So they, <laughs> they merged and then the guy's like, the CEO comes out, he goes, well, that's gonna be an exciting opportunity for everybody. Don't worry, your jobs are fine. Half of them got it. Yeah. And then all the old timers were like, he's lying, yeah, he's bullshit. And, and I go, no, he just said we're all safe. He said it to us all. And then uh, obviously like three months later, half the thing gets fired. But I go, oh, that's business, eh? Cold-blooded. They don't care. Oh, yeah. Startups is the worst, though. Startups is like 
that to a different level. Like I work for one in San Francisco where it's like literally we had a fucking, they would call them town councils, all hands on deck meeting. And those, those, and this guy was actually a good guy, but you know, you're running a business, so you have to lie. It's like a parent. Like if you're going to the Holocaust with your three kids, if you're going to Auschwitz, you're going to be like, okay, it's going to be a rough time, but we're going to get through this. You know what I mean? Even though you know, like you're fucked, right? Like life is beautiful, the movie. Exactly. Yeah. So this guy would be like, guys, we have a great team here. We have this, we have one of the best teams together. The, the, anything, blah, blah, blah. One week later, everyone got fired. Like it dissolved, like they went bankrupt because they couldn't keep, they were paying like 10 million a month in just, in startups, a lot of these startups, their biggest expense by far is just human resources, right? Because yeah. everyone has six figure salaries and if they don't make it to market in time, they're just, they can't, we can't afford, let's say we have a hundred million dollars and it takes three years to fucking de- uh, develop this thing. If I'm paying out 10 million a month in salaries, then that's not gonna work. We have 10 month runway yeah. before we need more money, right? So they, he was literally like, okay, we great. Everyone was gone within like, I think maybe a core team of four from like 30 stayed or something because they pivoted to something else completely. Yeah. But so funny how it dissolved. Like, this, it'd be like the Titanic broken in half, sinking like, we got a great crew, everybody here, love working with you, the vibes are great, we'll do anything as you're just fucking sinking. You're like, we're sinking, everyone's dying. <laughs> no, 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 This is just ebbs and flows of the market, everybody. Yeah, yeah. Before we know it, we'll reattach and be on our way home to land. But a startup, you get that, I think, from a startup, because you expect it to fail in 50-50 kind of thing. But I mean, big businesses, I was in this advertising agency, was doing decently well. But even, I think that's why I won't, it'll hurt my ability to be successful. Because I think I'm so honest to a fault. I would, if I was CEO, I would say, you know, we merged, we might have to make some cuts. Yeah. I, I, would, I think I would say that because I, I wouldn't go ahead of a team and lie. Because I, then you lose your credibility to everybody. I know. That's why they got to do that. Then it becomes verbal wor- wordplay and it becomes like fucking linguistic ballet of like, I got to tell you guys that tough times may come, but I'm not going to say. Cu-. Because if right. I give that impression, then anybody smart is updating their resume and they're they're halfway out already. Yeah. Even though your job wasn't like threatened. I'm assuming it might be because it sounds like we're all fucked right now. So I'm going to be trying to get the hell out of ship ASAP, even though maybe all the like engine workers are doomed. Yeah. The top of, you know, the the people like on deck are think, oh, I'm fucked too. I got to jump ship. And then before you know it, before you even fired, now you got to hire those people that you weren't even planning on firing because you gave them the impression that they're done, right? True. So but it's a tricky thing. I get it. You got to make thing. business, but... But if it, someone wanted to leave, I would say, too, this is why I'm not in that position. I would say, oh, okay, yeah, I mean, uh, you can leave if you want. And yeah. then if everyone left, it would be just yeah. me and I'd be like, well, we'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, well, we were failing already. Now I might, might as well just go through with the fucking failure fully. Realize the failure. Yeah, that's the problem with capitalism. Not that I'm a communist or anything. Yeah. You, you communist, bro? <laughs> Not that I'm a communist or anything like that. His eyes just got shifty as fuck right there. But it's the relentless pursuit of profit that will destroy. One of the reasons, not only complicates life and leads to misery because you're always looking for what's more and you're never content, but it also, I think, will destroy business in a way and destroy our system. Like, look at our inflation now. 
This is, I guess it's not true capitalism, but it's like, look what's going on with inflation. They're printing money like crazy. They're trying to bail out these things. And now what? It's like eight, $9 for toothpaste and stuff. I know. And I go, what the hell? It doesn't make any sense. Paper towel prices, I was saying this, are just like, they're not even tied to reality anymore. I don't even know. One day it's like, they're like five ninety nine, how they used to be. And the next day they have them like stacked up like it's a big sale and they're eleven ninety nine. It's like the same ones. Yeah. And they got it like eleven ninety nine. Like it's a, <laughs> get them now. You're like, it was five ninety nine last week. So true. What the, the fuck? Gas is one fifty. We're like, oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Wait. That's that's why they're fucking, I know gas is never going back. Is never going back. Yeah. They're like, uh, demand, uh, supply issues. Uh, they're accustomed to the new price point. Oh, okay. Well, then we'll go down six cents and get them happy. It's like it's never going back to a buck, a buck twenty. I'm uh, I'm diesel, bro. I'm paying two dollars a liter. It's fuck. Oh, you put in sixty. They're like you, and then right under it says thirty point one liters. You're oh, like, my God. oh my fucking god, dude. But then you look around and people are building all these huge houses and you go, someone's making money here. It's not me. <laughs> I know. I know. Like, I don't know what's going on, man. It's the disconnect between like wages and property values and everything. It's I have no idea what's going on. Like, it's like, yeah, I know regular people who bought during the peak of the fucking real estate shit. Regular people with like regular jobs. Buying homes for like 1.2 million. I'm talking like single garage family home, 2,400 square feet, like right. regular family home where you'd have, you know, a family, two kids type shit. Now you just put $1.2 million on that shit. You're like, that's like a fucking three to $4,000 monthly mortgage. Like you can never leave your job at this point. No. You have to get hired before you can leave. Like there's no, that's a problem when people take on like this crazy amount of debt you force yourself to be like, to have to play ball with these corporations because yes. they give you the package deal, you know? They're like, I'll give you an, an amount that out of that, your mortgage will come, your car will come, your vacation will come, but play ball because if you don't, you're gonna have to find another fucking nest egg for all, everything is tied to it. That's why this life is so sick. Freelance, little comedy stuff, little acting. If any one thing does not feel good to do, I can just lose it. Because yeah. it's like maximum it'll represent, you know, 10% of whatever the fuck, right? It's true. Yeah, because even in Ottawa, it's all government workers. And in the crowd, they're so scared to laugh because of this reason you're saying. And they have these golden handcuffs. They don't want to ruffle the feathers. They, you know, they want to update their email signature with their pronouns. They'll do it. They, they don't will. think. And it's just like... Well, they're contributing to the their own downfall, but they're doing it complicitly because they don't want to. Because they're content. Rattle anything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're complacent, and I so, get it. You know what I mean? You're lot. Like, yeah, I mean, it's like imagine having a mortgage, a car payment, two cars, a mortgage. You're paying off your cottage. You've got like a line of credit you're paying into, and a, two credit cards you're paying into. That's like seven debts. You can't fucking be like, you know what? I've always wanted to do carpentry. I'm going to go do a carpentry class. You may, the most driven people may do that at night and then slowly start it while working their job and then over the course of five to 10 years, transition into something they love while like lowering their cost of living and everything like that, right? Yeah. That's the most, but most people will not. They'll be like, uh, well, how, how would that thing pay all these seven of these things? It's not, so I'm just going to fucking keep doing, if anything, I need to find a job that pays me more. That's the solution here. I need a higher hourly rate or I need a, higher salary so i'm just gonna sniff out whatever sector whatever industry whatever fucking role is needed to get that 20 to 40 percent pay raise you know oh what are you oh you're working in poultry farms yeah i do fucking you know what i mean operations management for 
the money is good. I don't give a fuck about poultry. I don't give a fuck about this thing. You're just chasing the money. And that's like, people get sad and jaded as shit because you they're just keep miserable. smelling it out, dude. I think a lot of the time they're miserable because they've complicated their life so much. If you go to Cuba, and I know the Cubans are leaving Cuba, but they are happier than they are here. Oh, well, yeah, man. I know this stuff. In Sudan, in the villages, everyone is happier. Yeah. Without a doubt, they're happier. And they're broke. They all have engineering degrees and they're all unemployed because the whole country is like, the whole lore of the country is become engineer and they've got way more engineers than they know what the fuck to do with. Yeah. So everyone's just got an engineering degree and they're just kind of unemployed. They teach, they teach a little class nearby once a week physics class or something over here. Or but they're just fucking chilling on beds in the courtyard and it's like there's no property tax. The cost of living is just the cost of food because your family built this house three generations ago. And it's just like looking at the stars at night. Life is way better. It really is like the level of contentness and like appreciation for life is so much higher than here when you meet someone who's making yeah. 250 250 and they're oh, trying yeah. to, they're trying to like invest their thing and i've got my portfolio and i'm getting into options and i'm this and the hedge and is too long why is the yeah. hedge so long on the neighbors let's let's fight the neighbors exactly the hedge yeah is long. yeah that's gonna lower our property value that's not a good look you know like all that type of sh then everyone's so anxiety ridden and fucking depressed and it's not, money is not the thing at all. Money up no. until a point, obviously those fucking stats say, you know, 70, 80 grand and after that doesn't make a difference. Yeah. And hell, it might. Up, like I've got some money issues right now that I would love to just get an injection of fucking income and just solve them. But I know through experience that the other side of that is, it's, you're not, it's not happiness on the other side of that. You no. know? My, my buddy told me, I think he's accurate when he says this, um, happiness is content, satisfied, hopeful. So content with your material possessions. Yeah, you could always want more, but you're happy right now. Then satisfied with your relationships, friendships, your emotional situation that your boss, if he yells at you, you don't care. And then hopeful for the future. So hopeful is whether you believe in the universe will provide in God or just have your positive outlook. Those are the three factors. And if you don't have one of those, you won't be happy. So if you look at a guy, my buddy was in Zanzibar and he goes, they have all those qualities. His house burnt down and he goes, what the, the guy's laughing and joking and he goes, are you, what's, what's, how are you happy? He goes, eh, God will provide. It's okay. These things are, I have food. My neighbors will always take me in and that's the life. That's what they believe and here they don't. And my, my air buddy was saying they don't have the homelessness that they have here where people I think it's a bit of it. They're complicating their lives so much that they just snap. You'll see homeless guys downtown being like, the taxes and taxes. And money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll be saying, yelling literally, money. Yeah, exactly. And in a way- You can tell when their mind broke. When their mind broke. But yeah. he said in like, he's in Lebanon, but he's lived all over like the Middle East. He was saying Arab culture, if you lose everything, you would never kill yourself yeah, over yeah, money. You would, you would, you know, you just go to, your go to the mosque. You'd get fed, and you would like, you would continue living. It's just this crazy capital side of the world yeah. that we know the salary of every uh, pro athlete. We right. know how much Tom Cruise makes on Top Gun. We love. What's the most searched thing? Forbes net worth. Put in whoever the fuck. 10 years from now, Andrew Porto, net worth, right? Don't we love searching that shit? Because then we judge them relative to that because the whole the whole score system for the most part on this end of the world is 
just purely money, right? Yeah, and I mean, I have a lot of friends also growing up in in private school. They're they're doing very well financially. They have a lot of money doing well, but they aren't. Like I, I realized that with my situation, as soon as I was content and satisfied with my situation, I I could want more, but I'm happy. So you do run into those people who you see they're wealthy, and you go something's not clicked because they never are content with their situation. There's two ways I've seen. I've seen wealthy where it's like they want they were kind of raised in this they their parents weren't born wealthy built wealth so now they want to build wealth yeah so they're aware of that but i know people who the wealth you can trace it back far so it doesn't you don't you're disconnected from where the money started and those people are all about like uh silent 10 day silent retreats <laughs> camping <laughs> and and communication and therapy they're all like they haven't had money as an issue in their whole life so they're so like geared towards personal development and it's like whereas a lot of us it's like yo fuck rent's due in the week i don't have the money shit i gotta borrow it from someone i need a fucking random gig yo that guy's like looking for a random like labor for a day fuck it i'll do it i need the you know what i mean these are and then and then you're like, ah, oh, I paid it this time. Fuck, but what about next month? It's constantly on the forefront of your mind. So you're never like, fuck, I was touched as a kid. <laughs> you know, what I mean? you never like unpack whatever the fuck it is. That you never like go in and try to like evolve yourself to be a better human for the world. No, you're fucking surviving, man. You're yeah, surviving. But, but sometimes those old money people who have generational wealth, you see these younger gener and they're all cokeheads. Oh. And they're going to Miami and just and they're miserable. You can see they're miserable. Dude, almost every one of my, fr this is not, not everyone, but every, so many rich families I know, they have one deceased son from wow. coke overdose or drug overdose. Because a lot of, that's like new money usually. Because new money, you're at the office a lot. You're running your business. Old money is like, we don't even know. We're, we all have 100 acres through it's old money like we're not like i'm running the business it's fucking old money it's all being managed mm. you know the estate is being managed on multiple levels but new money is like both your parents are lawyers your dad's a doctor he's on call he's gone mom's gone running the business that's new money right right so now nanny's taking care of you you have minimal connection with your parents you have disposable income because you have a good allowance you're around other rich kids you get coke early yeah. you'll fucking overdose i've seen it so many fucking times dude Coke overdoses of, of kids, 17 yeah. to 20 year old rich family. Yeah. Seen that so many times. You've seen that, Dante? One of my boys. One of your really? boys? Yeah. 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 Rest in peace to them. Same, same type of same story? Um, well, I, I wouldn't say he was like well off, but it's like, it's just right there. You know what I mean? It's, he was like going around partying and all that stuff. So it's like, you never know what's in these drugs that people are just passing on. So, like, so it was a fentanyl thing recently? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I've seen it so many times, so many times. Because there's a disconnect, the maids, this and that. Like, I forget where we um, walk the park somewhere, walk the dog somewhere. That's just like every every baby in a carriage has like a Filipino like person pushing it. It's like a richer area, and it's like that that kid is exposed has a very a, a much higher level of having this fate. Yes. Than a kid whose mom's like fucking holding two kids and struggling. That struggle in a weird way, it's life. You know what I mean? That struggle actually could create a deeper bond and it could create a better life for you. It really yeah. could. Yeah, I used to be like growing up, up until I was like 20 something. I'm like, you cannot convince me that growing up 
you know, with less money is better. Fuck you for even trying. You're just broke and trying to make it sound good, right? But then as you get older, you realize like, yo, as you, once you get money and you realize it doesn't do shit for you, and once you see people in the midst of money, it's like their nanny's just taking them to fucking ballet and then soccer and then they FaceTime with their mom. It's like, it's just a weird disconnected. Yeah. And if you had uh, parents that were around and loved you or you lived in a family where your grandma lived in the house and took care of you or your your aunts were there, you're more psychologically normal. There, yeah, yeah. You have a bond. You have this bond where it's like you you just weren't getting touched enough by your actual parents, you know? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like it, a lot of these people where it's like the nan, the, they have, like I, I dated a girl one time who had a way better connection. She grew up, her, her dad had like a big farm or two farms. So she came from like agriculture money. And it's so funny. She would live in, she lived at a horse barn and her dad built uh, an apartment for her over the horse barn. And she'd just be constantly talking shit about him and stuff like that. I'm like, she's like, yeah, but, uh, fucking this. I'm like, he made this just for you? Cause he, she was like, she's like, I'm coming home for the thing, but I'm not living at home. And like, he, it's just such like white girl thing. Mm. But like her bond with her nanny that raised her was way stronger than her mom's bond. Really? She, she'd be so afraid when she was sick and she would go see her net. And it was like, her mom was like more of like this, like, HR manager she grew up with or something like that. Like it was weird. She was so close with her nanny because she got raised by her nanny pretty much. She resents her and parents it resents her dad like her. crazy. She has like a whatever relationship with her mom. But I'm like, your dad built this fucking thing. You're talking shit, and don't you see? Like this is a nice apartment. There's literally horses under us right now. Like yeah. I mean, I don't want to say your life's good, but like, how do you keep talking shit? Like, but if it's also the dad's fault if you never said no. Because then he's spoiling her, and then no matter what he gives her, she's not going to respect him in a way. There you go. You know, it's layered. Like that's what I'm saying. I, I I don't know. I don't. I wasn't there during no, the I childhood. No, I think I like, think you're right. There is a lot of that. There is like if you have a strong bond with your parents, it doesn't matter if you were a millionaire or not. You're going to be close with them. Yeah, but then the new money is tougher to have that bond because they're like I was saying, they're all around. actively making the money with their time. Yeah, old money is like is money. It's just money. Yeah, and then what you're saying too with this, you mentioned at the very beginning of the podcast, everyone's looking for their thing. I'm Joseph, or jo, jo, what's that guy who said he was a like? Jose. Jose, yeah. but everyone I think too is this victim mentality nowadays where a girl will go see a therapist and they'll say, yeah, your parents were crap to you. And even if they were crap to them, the job of a therapist is to say, well, at least respect and love them. You don't yeah. have to always uh, agree with what they did, but... Now we have a whole generation of these spoiled, maybe there's a disconnect with their parents who now hate their parents because they're going to therapy and they're saying, yeah, they were scum. You're a victim. You are a victim. And lean on that victimhood. And it doesn't, doesn't matter color your skin or your background, but it's like everyone no, that wants is their big thing. Now. We're just making weaker people. People are just getting, as times go on, especially on this side of the world, and we're going to get this, this whole, like uh, I don't want to say culture, but this whole empire of like the kind of America and the Western civilization. We can't win in the long run, bro. In the fucking other side of the world, they're just still strong, old family ties. Work hard. Don't fucking complain. Here it's like, hey, I've been here three hours. Aren't I legally required for a 15-minute break right now? You know what I mean? Like, You didn't hear that in the Korean place one time. Never. One time. This is why you go to China, they build shit so fast. And then like they're doing construction down the road here where they block the road off and there's zero work happening Saturday and Sunday. Can you believe that, bro? It's there insane. is zero work happening Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. They're like, ah, all the guys are just fake. 
Put in another crew. What the fuck is going on here? Get it done. Get it done. Yeah, Get it yeah, fucking yeah, done. Yeah. This is what pisses me off about like Canada. The, just the pace of everything is so slow. It's also unionized and slow. And just 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 make sure everyone is employed. It's just make sure to just, just do we have a person there providing water? Like it's just like. Dude, go to South America, Portugal. Nothing's getting done. <laughs> Not, well, there it's a different problem, though, right? Yeah. There it's like corruption. Uh, on both ends, there's problems. But in China, I like how it fucking gets done. Where they're like, we're authoritarian, even though we're kind of like democracy a little bit. Uh, but when shit gets need, when shit needs to get done, it gets done at speeds that are impossible on this side of the world. And oh, yeah. And that's why I'm like, we can't win in the long run. I'll probably be dead, but. Well, what do you think of China? Because everyone's saying these like horrible I things about China. I worked in China, bro. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, as an when I was in San Francisco, launching that product, we launched it at Suzhou, China. I'd go there for three weeks at a time, like fucking leading a team. And uh, bro, just you can't compete, man. Like they fucking you need a hundred people for your manufacturing line. We will get them in like twelve hours. We will wow. get you a hundred people. They all come from the farmlands. They just got unlimited human resources. And, wow. and the pace of work is just, it does not compare. It just does not. There's not the same level of safety and all that stuff. And obviously, can from their point of view, I'd from a worker's point of view, I'd rather be in Canada there. From a business owner, from the, a higher up point of view of actually evolving the country, you can't compete with their pace, man. You just, you just cannot compete with them. Yeah, they pulled like 200 million people out of poverty. I think no one realizes that. Maybe even more than that. But massive, massive numbers of people just from... Just the way they execute things, the way they'll go to a, mil a city of 40 million and, and test everyone in 48 hours. They'll fucking go make eight giant tents, wow. set up a line system, give everyone 40 million cartridges, and just like everything is done. Here it's like fucking everything is so disjointed, and, and every government worker has that government mentality. There it's different. Like the government mentality is like, yo, we'll, or, you're fucked if you don't do as we say at the speed. Where here is like, I can't be fired. It's actually 4.15 right now. We're done at 5, so I'm not taking any new thing on right now. It's actually 3 o'clock, so... And let's have a meeting about microaggressions because it's a little bit out of hand. Yeah, now. exactly. Nothing uh, is really happening. Everyone is employed with benefits, but nothing is happening, and that system is just like, it can't, it's going to fail. Dude. It can't go. Yeah, it can't. It can't. Crazy. Speaking of failing, no, I imagine I have no transition for that. But yo, we're at the hour mark. I always okay. end the episode with three questions. Okay, yeah, All go right? ahead, man. Um... Did you get beat? Yes. Yeah? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah? You know, I asked my dad when I got older why he hit us. Did you ever do that? Did you get hit? Yeah, but that like the, the reason was implied. I got caught stealing. I got beat. You know what I mean? Dad, why did you beat me when those Toys R Us managers drove me home after I got caught stealing? You know, there's no need to ask. But what did your dad say? Well, like, I remember getting beat, like, hit for weird stuff. Like, he'd come home and just be like, you fucking... <laughs> like, or he's like, bringing his day out on you. <laughs> in a way. Or, like, I don't know, I was uh, got into something with my sister, and then I would get it for that. But I remember I, I had this, like, I have a really good, like, therapist. I think that helped me become... I'm the happiest I've ever been in my life. Yeah. But as I get older, my therapist goes, ask your dad uh, why, he, why he hit you. Yeah. And I... Because he says you're not gonna, you can get over these things by just talking with them. Yeah. And I was at a bar with my dad, and he wanted to get a beer. I said, just wait for the beer for a second. I want to talk to you. He goes, oh fuck, you want to talk to me? Oh, I don't want to fucking talk. <laughs> and I go, uh, why'd you, why'd you hit us when we were little? And he goes, hmm. Well, Argentina, we hit everybody. 
But he says, also, I think I was so depressed because I just lost, I had no money and I was waking up sweating in the night and I had just lost this business. So I think I was suicidal. And he goes, can I get a logger, please? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, Get Jesus me a goose honkers ale. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I have yeah. a goose head IPA. Thank you. Yeah, no, very suicidal, man. Like, that's wild, dude. He said he was suicidal. And he even said that he, he lost a biz- lost some work and stuff. He said, if it wasn't for you and your sister, I would have jumped off the balcony. I would have killed myself. Wow. That's wild. And so since that point, I, I have no, I, I couldn't care less. You couldn't re- no resentment then. Couldn't care less because I just was like, this guy was struggling so hard. That's yeah. a good therapist. I tried therapy for two sessions at, via Zoom, and my fucking therapist just kept looking at the bottom right where I know the time is on her computer. And I was like, I fucking hate this bitch. And you hear a phone. Bing, She's bing, like, bing. that's interesting you say that. Um, how did that make you feel? I'm like, bitch, just look at the time. You Why are you looking at it like you're waiting for the minute to turn over? Like, move your eyes. You know what my therapist says? He goes, you know, you're funny, eh? He goes, you're funny. You have a good sense of humor because your dad called you a fag when you were little. Actually? Yeah. That's probably why I got it, too, you know? <laughs> a lot of hate. Marico, Marico. He's always like, it was a defense mechanism. Oh, yeah. My you dad talked hard shit. That makes you funny if your dad talked shit to you? I think you're trying to just alleviate the tension. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All my dad shit talking would be like about himself. Like, God damn your father. <laughs> God damn your father. So my dad used to say to me, La puta que te parió. When, and, and I would say, what does that mean? He goes, when you're 13, I'll tell you, but not now. But it was a very big swear word in Argentina. La puta que te parió. And when I get older, I said, what does that mean? And he goes, it means the whore that gave birth to you. <laughs> but giving birth like an animal, it's a different form of birth. Oh, yeah? It's not civilized human birth. But then I go, Mom? <laughs> she's like that's me she's like you call me hon <laughs> she's like crip dancing yeah uh, oh yeah okay so uh, this is for Argentinians uh, or Tinians Argentinians yeah, yeah. It, who is uh, what's something you've seen there or something they do you've never seen anyone else do they only do this uh, what have I seen there that I haven't seen anywhere else and it could be just something your dad does that we'll assume is an Argentinian thing they have a, okay, I'll give you an example of something. And this is the scamming culture. Gotcha. In the 60s, they brought a band to South America called Los Beatles. B- not the Beatles, not Los Beatles. Be- yeah. Los Beatles. Yeah. And they sold out a tour. And everybody went to go. They brought them on TV and all this stuff. And the first time they come out, everyone's like, yes, you can see that. You can Google it, yeah. Los Beatles. And they come out and they're cheering. And then all of a sudden they go, shit, this isn't any of the songs. This isn't what they're doing. And there's a whole kind of little mini documentary about it. You can go on YouTube and look. And uh, th- it was a scam. And what did the people do? Oh, well, good job. They scammed us pretty good. That was the mentality. They weren't even mad. They, I don't think so, really. No, the guy got away with it. These Beatles, Beatle, Beatles made money. I think they were from Florida. And oh, they're English. They're, they're, they're American. That's hilarious. They and they didn't even it. do the Beatles songs. No. They did their own songs. Their songs are like, love, 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 love. <laughs> so it's a similar, Los Beatles, go Argentina. I think you, you can. Los Beatles. Is that Obla La Diva? Los Beatles. Les Beatles. Argentina. Or you go Los. That's L-O-S. so funny. Yeah, so they, they scam good. And they, they appreciate a good scam down there. I, I think this is El Dia de los Beatles. Yeah, the day that the Beatles came to Argentina, yeah. And so is this all, one of the guys? 
and there's them there playing. That's hilarious. And they kind of don't look that different. They look like they have the They bangs. look like, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah! One TV station kidnapped them and said, we, we want them. And the other TV said, no, it's ours. So they came and they kidnapped them. The four people. They kidnapped the little Beatles and these guys here. Oh, they actually kind of look like they them too. Like the them. American Beatles. <laughs> Palabras de amor. That's like words of love, you know? That's, That's that hilarious. Fucking con artist, man. B-E-E-T. He's like, yeah, we, we toured pretty hard. It uh, was a lot of deception back then. <laughs> a lot of coke. That's so wild. Uh, and as far as Argentinians, who do they talk shit about? Like, who is the butt of jokes? When you talk to Argentinians, they all talk about, it's usually the neighboring country, but like, Argent- you're like also Jews. <laughs> <laughs> they hate the Jews, the blacks, the Chinese. Yeah, yeah. same people pretty much. Uh, they hate Brazilians. Yeah, that's what it is. Because of soccer. And growing up, my dad goes, the fucking Brazilians are fucking shit, man, fucking shit. 2012, I go to Brazil for the World Cup. And I have never met a people that were so welcoming, yeah. so friendly, yeah. so outgoing, yeah. so much fun to party with. Just and better than Argentinians in every Argentinians way. Argentinians <laughs> were there for the World Cup, yeah. parked out in caravans on the beach, fighting people every night. <laughs> yeah. And I come back to Canada, I go, Dad, I, I met the Brazilians. I met, the Brazilians are the nicest people ever. The Argentinians were miserable, aggressive assholes. And he goes... Yeah, you know, that's how it is. Yeah, <laughs> right, no yeah. response. He just agreed. Uh, my mom growing up, she would make me fear and like hate everyone. She's like, don't, don't, don't bring the white person. Don't bring Somali. Don't bring this. Don't bring this. Don't bring this. Anything. And I was like, I was like, why are you like, why are you hating everyone? Like we're Sudanese. Like look at all the problems we have. She goes, oh, Sudanese, we are the worst. Oh, my, the worst. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. You're just hateful as fuck. So she hated everyone, she but hated her everyone. own people the most. Yeah, the most. We're like, we are the worst, she said. That's, I love uh, that. That fucking kills me, dude. Uh, but yo, bro, that's been the fucking episode, homie, dude, as always. You. Yo, this was a blast, my guy. It was fun, man. I hope you got something there. Dude, we got all we need. See, my guy put up funny moments there. Yo, look into the God. camera. And tell the people where they can find you. Oh, Andrew Raporto on all social media. And um, I think that's it, man. Yeah. Do you have a link tree or something? Yeah, it's all on there. Okay. Andrew Raporto. I put the link tree in there. So, yo. Okay, sec. Get this guy in Toronto. uh, Catch him doing some stand-up or whatever he's up to as far as. I've moved to performance art now. Oh, have you? No jokes. Uh, Oh, like instead of comedian? Yeah, just performance artists, so it's a lot of just like serious, no joke stuff. Oh yeah, well, look out for that. You're I'm not like gonna H- laugh, but Hannah Gatsby. So. Yeah, Hannah Gatsby. He's finding himself. All right, London bartending didn't do it. But uh, from my end, I got no shows to plug as of right now. You can support the show directly at Patreon.com/slash The Immigrant Section. Follow me on my socials at Boss Wahab. And if you like the episode, click follow, leave a comment, click like, all that stuff. The algorithm will pick it up. Thank you for coming on, Thank brother. you. And can I just say, man, congrats on all your stuff. I come here, I get inspired because it's like you're, you can see you running around doing the cameras and with your buddy Dante helping out. Like it's it's great what you're doing, man. Thank so you, man. I appreciate you, you, bro. I appreciate you. Yeah. Remember, if you got production needs, Person One Productions, Dante Williams is your man. We're going to get him a mic soon. We're working on it. That's good. Support Patreon. Get him a mic. Yo, until next time, thanks for tuning in. Your boy, Boss Wap, signing out. Peace.